0: And we are back for episode 22 of Journey to a Million, our second episode of Journey to a Million this week. So look at that. You know, we talked about the draft on Wednesday. Recap that with Dustin Burgundy. That went great. And now here we are. We are talking Packers here on this Friday morning for the first half. Then we'll be talking about the New Orleans Saints in the second half. And we have the full Journey to a Million squad here Zach Roush, Jared Vlesky, and myself, Drew Skyberg. And we are joined alongside Bernie Vanden Hoovel. He's going to be our Packers connoisseur, expert, whatever you want to call him. Bernie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. How are you all other guys? Doing good. Doing great. Doing Splendid. great. We are excited to talk Packers here. And look, this is going to be fun now because, look, we've, we've done the offseason briefs. We've been doing them for a while now. And look, now we get to talk about the draft with it so we don't have to be like oh well what if they take this guy what if they take this guy we can say they took this guy so that is going to be a lot of fun and with that though, first we got to start talking about this past season for the packers and bernie i'm going to start with you how would you grade the green bay packers 2021 season i grade would
1: probably be around an a minus I think individually, they all played very well. I think Rodgers had a great season. I think Adams had a great season. Everyone played super well. I mean, you take away a couple of bad games like the Saints and unfortunately the 49ers game in the postseason, every other game was pretty impressive. They lost one against the Chiefs, but Rodgers didn't play. So I think overall it's an A-, minus, but they just had one really bad game when they didn't
2: need to have a bad game.
0: I'll go next here. I You know... Look, Packers, you're at the point. You got to win, right? I mean, you, you can't you can't be like, oh, oh we only won the division, hosted a playoff game, and we lost. I, I think, you know, th- this has to stop. And, you know, I, I might go a little unpopular here, but I will. I'll I'll give it a C. Look, I mean, i all acknowledge, you know, the greatness that was in the regular season with Rodgers winning another MVP. But at the end of the day, job was not finished. And with that, you know. I I can go A all I want for the regular season, but at the end of the day, postseason still matters, so I will go C.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with Drew here. I'll, I'm not going to go as low as a C, but I'll give it a B just because, obviously, they had the expectations. I think everyone pretty knew, pretty much knew before the season they are going to win the division. wasn't a whole lot of competition, and they did get the one seed, host that playoff game. But, I mean, you still got to go farther. I mean, that team was supposed to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm going to have to give it a, a B.
3: Yeah, I'd go around where you are, Zach. I mean, the games that they lost in the regular season, obviously the Chiefs, Jordan Love played, and then the, the Lions, like you guys said. Um, obviously, Jordan Love played for a half of it. Rodgers, they start had benched all their starters after, you know, third quarter it was. Um, Obviously, that Saints game was a fluke. But yeah, in the playoffs, like you said, Drew, you got to win. And after the expectations they had going into the year and how last year ended, the year before, I think that they just needed to do something in the postseason, and they just obviously couldn't. So I'd say probably B minus I'd give them.
0: Yeah, um, looking at it right, I mean expectations were there, and that's why we had to go lower. You know, talking about the Packers season in general, but look, they had arguably one of the craziest um, or most interesting off seasons out of the whole NFL this year, just solely based on look. You had you had Aaron Rodgers, you didn't know what was going on with him. Uh, Devontae Adams was a big story too, right? And then those other guys in in Rasul Douglas, you know, Devondre Campbell. You know, the, the Smith, the bro, uh, Smith bros, Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, no relation there, of course, but like looking at that, you know, there's a lot of question marks and overall we look what happened, right? You trade Devonte Adams, you sign, or there, you, then you re you know, Tonya and Douglas Campbell, Zedaria Smith's released and you extend Preston Smith, I guess, looking through the moves, was there a move that you guys were, were particularly fond of or was there something you guys weren't a fan of, right? Uh, starting with jared here
3: obviously i mean the adams trade is huge like you you can't just or not i mean you couldn't have paid him enough money for him to stay obviously he wanted to go to the raiders and play with Derek carr his college roommate there was nothing you could have done to get him but um obviously him leaving is huge now you're in a scramble obviously we saw in the draft they had to go with a receiver uh second round um just trying to scramble to get anyone for rogers he's only had a few more years left in green bay you're in a win-now situation. So, I mean, getting rid of um, – or letting Adams go. Um, they did get Watkins in, but obviously he's not nearly as, as caliber as Adams. So, I mean, after he leaves, I'd say that was the, obviously the biggest um, offseason moment for the Packers, trying to get a replacement for him or anything close. Zach?
2: I like the Adams trade. I mean, they got uh, first and second, which is good value. And obviously, it like a week or two later, you saw the Chiefs trade Hill. So, I mean, that's two good franchises that have a good history. They do similar things, not paying their um, their number one wide receiver, trading for draft picks. So anytime that two franchises of that caliber do the same move, I think there's got to be something there that makes sense. And obviously, Adams didn't want to play for the Packers, even though they offered him similar to what the Raiders got. And I don't think the Packers could have afforded to have Rodgers, Bakhtiari, and then obviously Jair they're going to have to pay soon, and then Adams all at the same time. So I do like the trade. Obviously, we saw what they did with those draft picks. But I also like the Campbell resigning. signing um, Obviously, five years, $50 million. I don't know if he's going to be here all five years because he's getting up in age. But I think that's a good price point for him.
1: Um, I'd have to agree with Zach. On the Adams trade, um, because it's really hard to get a player to play for you if they don't want to be there, so I think that's huge. Um, you got not as much as I would have liked to have seen for him, but you did get something out of it, and you, we were able to use that first round pick to help patch and on our defense caused by the Zadarius Smith release, which in my opinion also it's not that big of a deal. He barely played last year. He's also gonna you know drive up a bargain price wise, so we wouldn't be able to afford him. Um, but over all time, the Packers are 10-3 and three without Devontae Adams. And a lot of times when I saw him and Rodgers play, they were the problems and some losses because he would force-feed him the ball so much. Like, if you look at the 49ers' loss in the playoffs, he was trying to shove it down Devontae Adams' throat. And a lot of times, that's just not how it has to be. So I think it's going to be the drive. offense. Exactly. So I think I kind of see it almost like Chris Middleton sometimes in the Bucks, how he'll – Taking up the court when he shouldn't have to, and he just holds on to it and shoots like a fadeaway. Not the best thing. So I think it's a good thing to get rid of him. But um, again, he's still a great receiver, so it's tough to replace that. But um, again, with Zext, uh mention of the Campbell signing, I think that's a great signing. Reminds me of Bobby Portis because you got him for not too much. So I mean, great signing for that as well. And really, everything else they did this offseason was pretty good. I like the Tunyon signing if he's healthy and Watkins was just a pickup for receiver. Didn't cost too much. So if he's healthy, that's good. But Rasul Douglas was an interesting signing because we didn't see a lot of him this year. Um, There's not much film. Like he came up from the practice squad. He played well for a season, but I don't know if that constitutes being a great corner yet. Um, That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah. I think especially with Douglas, um, his turnovers, I've seen he had a lot of timely turnovers, big turnovers. I think that definitely um, kind of gave more pub- publicity and kind of drove up his stock, but I mean, they got him for, I think it was like six or 7 million a year. So I've seen that, that big of a price take. So I, I think that signing was good and I'm sure they can get out of it if he doesn't play well.
0: Yeah. For me, uh, the signing that I really enjoy those kind of, you know, not looked at by many, it was Sammy Watkins, you know, getting, getting a guy like Sammy Watkins, that veteran wide receiver, you don't know, Cobb as well. We, we, uh, just, I think with getting Christian Watson, which we'll talk about with the draft, I think this is going to be, this is going to be some good stuff here. I think you have experienced wide receivers. Lazard, you know, is certainly, uh, do look, we saw him kind of come, you know, kind of come out it, at the end of the year. Uh, he had a uh, nice game. I know his last game against Detroit, we were there. Right. But, uh, you know, Packers, this, this might be a blessing in disguise, right? With Devonte Adams, his departure it might be, you know, it might make Aaron Rodgers. It might Having more balance, I think maybe a more balanced attack, which you know might be the thing that just the pack that puts the Packers over the hump, and maybe even you know some of the other draft picks, like we'll talk about with the defense, right? How you know Joe Barry was we talked about this Monday episode sixty of the Sports Crew with Alex Trowbridge and myself, how you know Joe Barry was a winner in this draft because look he has a lot of more weapons to work with than guys like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and others we'll talk about. But you know, you guys want to talk anything more with? the moves that were made, you know, in free agency. Do you want to talk more about the draft now?
2: Yeah, let's go to the draft.
0: Yeah, so looking at it, um, you know, we did give some draft grades on Wednesday's episode, but we'll kind of go through it briefly here. We'll talk about the selections, you know, talk about our thoughts, sleepers, all that good stuff. Uh, Yeah, so it goes, you get two first-round picks. Yeah, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, you know, shocked, a lot of fans were shocked by that as we talked Wednesday, but I guess we'll highlight. You know, we went through all, through all this um, just talking. You know, what was your favorite pick of the draft, Bernie? Was there someone who you were like, "This guy's the steal of the draft for the Packers"?
1: In my opinion, it may not be the hottest take, but I think the two defenders who we picked in the first round were a great pickup. I think so. All, both all like the first round receiver talent was gone. I don't think it would have been worth drafting like um, Watson um, in that first round, but they filled the gaps on the defense with those first two picks. And I think that was important because defense is going to win you championships and the defense played great last year. And if they can fill the couple holes that we had, that's fine by me because they ended up, they did end up getting some receivers, um, Christian Watson and, um, Couple other guys, and what's great about that is that you have one guy who you can work on to make him like your number one, number two, but the other guys you can develop. You can like have them be your number three, four, five um, receiver in the depth chart, so they have time to develop. They don't have to be that number one guy, which I think is super important. You also have one of the best quarterbacks of all time throwing to you, a guy who has a lot of experience, and that's going to help you progress more. Um, I think it's also important then that they got Sammy Watkins because having a vet there to help a younger guy understand the game, know what to do is super huge. And for me, I kind of wanted Julio to get picked up or a different vet for like a, a smaller minimum just to help coach someone. You don't have to be a, the number one guy, the number two guy. You just have to be there, coach the young guys so they can be great. So I think overall it was it was a really good draft.
3: Yeah, I I agree, Bernie. I mean, so obviously with the first, um, we all had um, mock drafts of who we thought the Packers were going to take. Most of us had receivers, and I also had um, them taking a linebacker to fill in Zedaria Smith's spot. And when they took Quay Walker, I was like, okay, maybe that's a little high, but I mean, it filled the gap that they needed. And then they took Wyatt, and I was like, why would they do that? But then I looked, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's no good receivers like that would go in that area. But then they did have to trade up to get Watson, which I was like, okay, so that makes sense. At least they got their guy. But I'm I was kind of like confused as if like if they would have gotten Watson at twenty-eight, you think they wouldn't have had to draft or to trade up to get Watson? Um obviously, obviously it all worked out. They got who they wanted. Um, but I don't know. I was just kind of confused about the whole twenty-eight thing. If they took Watson there, maybe they would have had to they went ahead to trade up to get him.
2: Yeah, I don't think like I think they wanted Devontae Wyatt. And he definitely wouldn't have been there at 53, I think was their next pick. But I like the Devontae Wyatt signing or the Devontae Wyatt pick because pairing him with Kenny Clark and Jaron Reed, who they signed that we mentioned before, um, that really solidifies the interior of the defensive line. So then the linebackers are going to be able to row more freely. And I see Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are going to be the prime middle linebackers. So, that really shores up the run defense, which, while it improved last year, was still wasn't great. And then, the only thing with Watson, the Christian Watson pick, is they gave up two second-rounders to move up. So, I guess they did move from, like, the back of round two to the front, but it's, I still thought that was a little pricey.
0: Look, they need, they knew they needed a receiver. Look, yeah. Rodgers, and I... Well, I believe there was reports. I don't know if they were deemed true or not, that he was not pleased with the first. I mean, was there, was there something around those lines or uh, he said they were, heard, that he was, yeah. he was
3: talking to the office and he, he, I mean, the only report I said, saw was about Adams saying that he didn't know. Yeah. That yeah, Adams was wasn't going to come back.
0: Yeah. That was of course, news, Pat McAfee, yeah. right. Breaking that Jared's yeah. Colts, But um, yeah, I guess we got to talk too about, you know, looking fantasy wise too. Right. You know, Robert Tunyon's a question because Darren Waller, right? The rumors of you know maybe look we give we give them Devonte Adams maybe we get we get Darren Waller. So what I guess what do you guys think? Would you guys be interested in having Waller come to Green Bay? I'm all for it. I just, it just depends on the price tag, of course. Um, Me?
2: I want. Oh, go ahead, sorry, Bernie. Okay, well, I want to guess I wasn't the biggest fan if that would have happened. I think everything kind of came out now saying that he's not going to. But his contract is expiring, I think it's after this year. So they would have had to pay him, and he's not going to be cheap either. So it's kind of replacing the Adams contract. You probably save like $10 million or something like that, but you're still going to have to pay Waller. And he's also getting older. I think he's 29. So I wasn't a big fan of that. I didn't really understand that.
1: To me, I also wasn't the biggest fan, again, because of the contract situation. It's really tricky to trade for someone who has an expiring contract because it's a rental player. And you're not guaranteed to have him signed back. Um, I think Tunyon was really, really good in his season when he was healthy. Again, like he tore his ACL last year. So if he comes back healthy, I, I'm i perfectly fine with having him. Because I think him and Mercedes Lewis are a phenomenal one-two punch because you have a big guy who can get you the three yards and you have a guy who can run the seam so for that reason i i think tony gonna have a relatively cheaper contract because of the injury because he's not the biggest name and you know because he didn't make that pro Bowl the other year um when he should have um but i i think we're fine right now with
3: tight ends yeah i agree i mean i don't think you need anyone i mean you have to remember tony was literally uh we led the league in tight end touchdowns two years ago when he was healthy. So like, obviously you don't need any upgrade Tunyon, if he comes back healthy, that is, he should be fine for you guys. And like, obviously with Mercedes Lewis, he's always a good option. Just to have that one, two punch, like you said, Bernie, I don't really think that uh, Darren Waller will give you guys much more than you already have. So if Tanya comes back healthy, I think that they'll be fine the way they are, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's always about looking, you know, again, if Tunyon, right, if he if he comes back well. But uh I know Debo Samuel is someone like that. I'm not for that right. Price tag another guy, you know, plus with paying him, cap room, totally not um an ideal situation. But again, yeah, just concerns, you know, if Tunyon comes back, fine, right? You know, there's no need to, but again, if there is a concern with him coming in to camp or, you know, going through training, I think you know, Waller would be a potential guy, but again, it's about it's about how much they want from him and you know because draft picks they're everything you know in the NFL so uh other guys for fantasy right we got we gotta look through I always find Aaron Jones AJ Dillon that always an interesting combo right because I feel like Dillon's gonna give you the touchdowns and Jones is gonna you know Jones might give you some touchdowns as well but Jones is gonna give you those in PPR he's obviously gonna have that more value due to his receptions but you know, are you guys looking at of course Packer running backs? They're always, you know, they've always been good, you know, last if you look, you know, with Eddie Lacey going back and even farther. But um, what do you guys think? You know, from the running back department for Green Bay this year. Jared, what do you think?
3: Um, I always tend to stay away from them just because they do split, and I'm not a big fan of split backs, but if they uh if they fall to me in the draft, I'll, I'll obviously take them. If I have a pick and they're like the best option, like I'll take Jones. But it's always really concerning having split backs. Like we see that with Tony Pollard taking over um Ezekiel Elliott's carries. I just don't like having a running back that's not like secured in the starting spot and they don't know you never know if they're gonna get those touchdowns. So like I always try to stay away from them, but like I said, if they if they do fall to me, I wouldn't hesitate to take them. I
2: think they're gonna both have decent roles obviously last year jones was probably around that low end running back one high end running back two and then dylan was between like that two or three range i think they're gonna have probably similar roles where jones is gonna be um, a lot more receptions and then dylan will probably get the red zone or goal line carries but i think they're gonna have expanded role maybe even be like a nick chubb Kareem hunt type level for fantasy production wise just because that a lack of receiver that they still have. I think Jones would probably be more involved in the pass game, and then they'll open up more carries for Dylan.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to look at it, Bernie. You
1: I think again? If the offense is able to spread out like they were able to without Devontae Adams, it could open up more carries. Um, like Jared said, it's really tough to draft split backs. It's super tough. Um, but the thing with those two guys is that. They have some monster games sometimes, um, but you never know when it's going to happen. Like, there's one game where Dylan will have three touchdowns. And then Aaron Jones has, like, 150 yards because he'll just run down the field. and Then uh, A.J. Dylan runs it in. So it's really tough to draft that, but they get big games every now and then, which I think is pretty important. So, I mean, like he said, if they followed me, I'd draft them. I don't know if they'd be as high as other backs, but um, they are pretty
2: dynamic. So. Yeah, maybe some best ball upside if anyone plays best ball.
0: Yeah, for sure. Looking early, um, dynasty wise, uh, I guess the main receiver we're going to talk about here, Christian Watson. Where do we think he's going to end up? Look, all four of us are in the same dynasty league. Rookie draft coming up. I guess, what what do you guys think the outlook is? I think certainly he'll be one of the, you know, he'll probably be one of the first picks here, just solely based on you know what the team he ended up with, based on you know with Aaron Rodgers and there's. He, there's a lot of you know media right high expectations certainly with what with christian watson right now uh, what, what do you guys think too zach um well
2: i've been doing just some kind of like mock drafts for like this upcoming rookie draft and obviously it's just auto picking for all the other people and i think he's kind of going it's like towards the end of the first round maybe beginning the second round he might fall too but i don't I'm not sure if he'll be um, kind of like this year, if he's going to be a wide receiver one, he might be like that wide receiver two range or wide receiver three without an upside. Cause he will have that volume. And obviously Rogers is a great quarterback to have, but I just, I think he needs a little bit of time to develop
3: yet.
0: Bernie. I think in my opinion, he'll finish as a
1: top at least a top 20 receiver. Um And I think Sammy Watkins is going to finish as a top 25. I know that's extremely bold, but I think that's having them split like that can be really good. So I think if you can, t- if you need a receiver that can be really good, because if you look at the other wide receiver, rookie receivers who've been drafted, a lot of them don't have a quarterback. Victor Watson has a, one of the best quarterbacks of all time throwing to him. And he's already, pretty big guy, pretty fast guy. Um so I have pretty high upside for him if he's put into a wide receiver 2 role, not wide receiver 1.
3: Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd go that high on Watson. I've I've seen or not Watson, Watkins. I've seen Packer fans overhype the signing a little bit. Um he's a good solid 3 maybe 4. Uh looking dynasty wise, I don't I don't think you go with him obviously because he's a little older. But with Christian Watson, like we saw with Jamar Chase last year on his rookie year, like obviously they're going to get a lot of value. So I'd say Christian Watson probably, I mean, a top five pick in a dynasty draft, I could see. He was like one of the top whatever receivers to go off the board. So, I mean, I could see him being a really huge um, value for a fantasy holder.
0: Yeah, especially in our league being majority Packer fans, I think there's going to be some bias that really pushes him up. For That's sure. based on what I'm that's why he's like, I think top three, you know, early. I know you said end of first round, but look at, you know, people. Yeah. That's
2: just like mock drafts with our right. draft yeah. because that's nobody else was in the draft.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Uh We'll talk speaking about fantasy. Go ahead. So speaking of fantasy, where do you
3: think Tunyon will rank in tight ends this year? Depending on his health. It's, it's basically just pen, depending on his health. health you could and, probably yeah. get
2: him as like a backup tight end, honestly.
3: He'll be on a discount. Yes,
2: yeah. with Waller rumors too.
0: I know, like the unlikelihood, right? But like that certainly will help you get him on a discount. I think looking at it this year. but uh, quickly here before we do our record prediction challenge, let's talk about Jordan Love, the future. Look, you know, it's already been, you know, it's not just last year anymore. It's been a couple of years now since Jordan Love was drafted, and so far. What we've seen, I mean, look, we were at the game in Detroit. We didn't see much out of him. I know interceptions. He did kind of get unlucky there. Look, he played in that game against in Kansas City, and we've seen him, of course, in you know in other games. You know, during the end of the game, right in garbage time. But overall, I mean, future of Jordan Love is a story, and how do we think that story is going
3: to end? Um, well, I don't really know yet. It it depends because do the Packers have a first round pick next year in the draft? Yes. Yes. Is it high? Could they, I mean, they could always trade up.
2: Jared doesn't, you don't know until the season's (laughs) Oh Yeah, true, true,
3: true, true. But okay. So I thought that they should have traded Jordan love just because his value is as high as it probably ever is ever going to be. And that quarterback draft class next year is a lot higher. So maybe they could get a quarterback next year. I don't see him as the future of the Packers. I, I don't know. We've seen him play. Obviously it's two games. It's obviously a small sample size, but in those two games, he didn't look anything impressive. Um, I don't see him as the future, so maybe they could trade him and get a new quarterback, but that will all see how that unfolds in the future.
2: The thing with I... Rodgers' contract, though, is he's got pretty much three years left that he'll like probably be in Green Bay for sure. Obviously, he can like, change his mind or whatever. But then, see, the thing with Jordan Love, though, is you're going to have to give him another contract before that happens. So I don't see that happening. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be – a uh, top 10 quarterback, he might be, like, that 15 to 20 range, but I don't think he's going to be anyone special that teams are going to give up, like, multiple picks for, even if he does start, just because I don't I, – I don't think he has that – I don't know if I should say talent, but, like, I don't know if he has that upside.
0: Look, I – go right, Bernie. Um, I
1: have to agree with both the guys because right now – if Rodgers keeps playing for three more years, he's not going to want to play for us. He's not going to want to re-sign a contract to sit behind a guy for five years. If you're a first-run quarterback, you're not going to want to do that. So what I think they're doing, they're going to wait until preseason. They're going to play him every single preseason game and then trade him so teams can get to see what they're going to get. Um, I think that's a good idea, but like right now you got to you got to trade him because if he doesn't resign, that's a waste of first round pick. So you have to get some kind of compensation for his value. What a joke. Who do you
2: think he's gone first Jordan yeah. love or Baker Mayfield?
0: <laughs> um,
3: Baker Mayfield. Cause he has proven a little bit more probably, but it's just,
0: it's just such a joke. Cause I, you know, you understand what they're going to do, right? You know, um, have a guy sit for a few years under like one of the greatest quarterbacks. Right. But look now Rogers re-signs has three more years. It would have been next year. You draft him. He sits he sits a couple of years, boom, he's ready. Look at the next year's quarterback class. But um, they, they rushed it too early, right? And, you know, there's always always some team, uh, you, you either get a guy or trade a guy too early. I mean, and so, sometimes, you know, that risk pays off. But here it just it just didn't. I mean, it just exploded in everyone's face. And the whole Packers front office, it just it backfired big time. And they're going to pay the price when uh, you trade uh, Jordan Love, Um, And the value you get from him is going to be atrocious, probably. So that's just how it is, right? But go ahead. What's tough about that, too, is that you're not
1: going to draft a first-round quarterback in the next couple of years because the fan base would probably (coughs) rip you apart. So you either have to draft a second-round quarterback, hope he's going to be good in like two years, um, or when you dish out Jordan Love, sign like a Nick Foles who just got released for a veteran minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to be your future quarterback, but at least if Rodgers is gone, that's something as a placeholder when you draft a quarterback.
2: Yeah, they can't draft someone again until Rodgers is like, this is my last season, or until he actually retires after a season.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, that's the story there. Um, we're going to do some Packer prediction challenge here before we go to talk some Saints. So, are you guys ready, Bernie, how this works? I'm going to read the 17 opponents for the 2022-2023 to 2023 season for the Green Bay Packers. And you're going to tell me the first record that comes to your mind, we're going to write it down and let you know how you do. At the end of next season. That sounds lovely. Let's do it. So here it is. At Washington face the Commanders, at Chicago, at Detroit, hosting Chicago, hosting Detroit, hosting Minnesota, hosting Dallas, hosting the Giants, hosting New- the New England Patriots, hosting the Jets, going to Miami, going to Minnesota, going to Philly, going to Buffalo, hosting Tennessee hosting the Los Angeles Rams and then going to Tampa to face the Buccaneers. What do you think?
3: I have
1: them five and one in conference. I think they drop a game to the Vikings like they do every single year and they're going to go 12 and five overall.
3: I had that same mindset as Bernie. They're going to lose to the um, Vikings once just because they always do, but I'm going to say 13 and four. I think they, their schedule is favorable up until the last few games and they play some tough opponents. I think they drop one to the Rams, maybe even the Buccaneers. So, I'd say 13-4. and four. Zach?
2: I'm going to go 13-4-2. I think they're going to beat the Rams, though, because the last few years they've handled the Rams pretty well.
0: I have 13-4 and four as well, and they are beating the Jets, Zach. Sorry, this is one of the Jets' <laughs> eight losses.
3: So. This is one of the Jets' losses, yeah. Hey, Jets yeah. are on the upside, though. Great draft for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As we discussed. Uh, yeah, Bernie, um, before we talk some Saints here, did you, not, did you hear Zach's? Jets prediction: Zach did have the Jets going nine and eight. For <laughs> next that
3: season.
2: is extremely bold. That's very this bold. This is before the draft, too. Just probably oh, like one month and a half. Going
3: hottest the of takes.
0: There we go. Yeah, we like flaming hot takes here on Journey to Millie. and then you know, with that, anyone have anything else here about the Packers? All no, right. A... So with that, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we will be talking about the New Orleans Saints. I was recently introduced to AG1, and wow, if you're someone like me who hates taking pills and vitamins, wants more energy, and wants a more optimized immune system, let me tell you why this is the perfect supplement for you. So what is this stuff, you may ask? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's all of those things. And look, this is the perfect thing to start your morning routine, start your day off right with just one scoop of AG1 with some water. And let's talk about AG1. What makes it so great, you may ask? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, right? And it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And let's talk about the price, right? You might be asking about that. You're investing in, in an all in one nutritional insurance. And with that, you know, that's going to save you money, right? It costs you less than $3 a day while you're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, which I do have. I do love my coffee. But uh, talk about what the founder did here. He created. Athletic Greens, after experience how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional routine on your own, and I can attest to that, it is extremely difficult on a day-by-day basis. Athletic Greens, they also have over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know you are getting the best when it comes to Athletic Greens. And also, they're a climate-neutral certified company, so you know they care about the environment. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it is just time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Look, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year supply free of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. A T H L E T I C G R E E N S dot com forward slash emerging. E M E R. G I N G, and that is to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to use, of course, our code again, Emerging. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints here. So, yeah, this is the second half now of episode 22. And, yeah, we're going to go through it again. We have everyone here from the first half of the episode. So, let's talk about it. Of course, we're going to start you know, how we always do New Orleans saints. We're going to talk about 2021 season. So what did you guys think about how it fared? How would you grade it? Uh, we're going to start with you here, Jared. So
3: um, it started promising, obviously with that first game against the Packers um, dominated, but uh, it fared off pretty well. Um, ended middle of the road. I mean, they were close to a playoff spot, but didn't get it obviously in the end. So I would say the year after drew Brees is gone. Um, I'd give him a C, solid C. I'll
2: give him a B minus. I think they're kind of in that quarterback limbo, but then they also had Jameis, who they're going to rely on as their starter, and then he got hurt, which kind of, I think if Winston would have stayed healthy, they would have made the playoffs for sure, and then, um, maybe won a game or two. So I'll give it a B minus.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll agree with Jared. I'd probably give it like a C to C plus again, because, you know, Winston got hurt. They didn't have a definitive quarterback after breeze with Taysom Hill and stuff. So it wasn't a bad season, but it could have been better.
0: Yeah. Look um, for me, the city of new Orleans, like passionate football fans, right? I mean, they have the Pelicans and then this is, you know, new Orleans saints. That is, that is their team down there. And NFL is just big for them. And, Look, every year it seems expectations for the playoffs are there, right? And if you don't make that expect if you don't make the playoffs even, right, there's gonna be some problems. And look, they didn't make the playoffs here. And that's gonna put me. I'm gonna go C minus here. I just think, you know, with when expectations are there, and I know Drew Brees was gone, but I still think, you know, you know, barring, of course, we had some injury, of course, but it started off hot, you know, with that game against the Packers. But yeah, I'm gonna go C minus here and you know, talking now off season, right? More people retired, more things happened. Um, Sean Payton, of course, you know the big news, right? Hit when he announced his retirement. I don't know if anyone was really expecting that. I, I thought that was very shocking. I knew you would think, you know, when Breeze went out, you know, they might be go out at the same year together, but maybe not at a year like this, staggered like this. But yeah, uh, that was shocking. And then, of course, Dennis Allen was his replacement, which we talked about on prior episodes of Journey to a Million, but. Oh uh, Yeah, you know, you resign sign Jameis Winston, you get Andy Dalton. Uh, Malcolm Jakes- J- Malcolm Jenkins also retires, so that was another big story as well. I guess we saw the news today, right? Tyron Matthew is a – he is a saint, three-year deal. That was a very nice signing there. But looking through it, guys, was there a favorite move you guys had? A sleeper move maybe, you know, just to throw in sleeper in there. But, uh, Zach, what do you think? I like two of
2: their moves, well oh. – Obviously I like the Tyron Matthew move as well. But we decided Jameis Winston, I think he has probably he he has a good floor that can get that team to the playoffs, obviously with the improved roster. And now so I like the Dennis Allen as the new head coach. I know we talked about that already, but obviously keeping someone that the players are familiar with and that was obviously the head coach of that defense, the defensive coordinator last year. So
0: Ernie.
1: Um to me, I like the the Dalton signing because it gives competition in the quarterback room. Um, I mean Winston's a good quarterback. He's proved it some seasons, but he's extremely inconsistent um with what he gives you. And coming off a knee injury, I think he's he's gonna have to rely more on his arm instead of I guess a- athleticism. And if that can't get it done, Dalton can step in. He's a proven starting quarterback um, who can go in there and do, you know, do stuff. And I also like that because it doesn't let you use Taysom Hill as a quarterback. I love Taysom Hill's, you know, a tight end as a Swiss Army knife, but he is not a quarterback. He's a college quarterback that did not transition well into the NFL. He's a good fantasy cheat code,
3: though. Daily <clears> <Terry>.
0: fantasy assassin.
3: <laughs> I mean, for me, I I obviously like Terran Matthew. um My whole thing with Sean Payton is I think that, he was waiting to see a year after breeze, see how it would play, like play out. Um, and obviously he it didn't really, they didn't get to the playoffs and he was kind of underwhelmed. And he's like, you know what? It's might be a good time for me to leave. So I think that might be the reason why, but I'm not sure. Um, I also like the Winston um, re-signing, but this might mean that it's the end of Ian books um, NFL career, which could be sad, but um, with Dalton and Winston, obviously Winston's going to start Dalton, good backup, but I don't know. I mean, they obviously got, Matthew um, Jenkins retired, so they filled in him. And then they also got Marcus May to um, as another safety. So I like their offseason. Yeah, probably get to s- see more of uh,
2: Winston's workouts.
0: Yeah, we got to talk then about, uh, right, Jared mentioned Ian Book. Uh, certainly his career with the Saints probably comes to an end here. Probably go get signed somewhere else, make a practice squad. Uh, but looking at, you know, the draft, I think this was a story, right? I know we talked about Wednesday, right? Um people were taking receivers and right we talked. To, I mean, even Monday's episode, I talked about this. Uh, it just you never know how the draft's gonna go until you're into the draft, right? Uh, you know, even just as simple as a fantasy football draft or a fantasy baseball draft, right? Fantasy football, people start taking quarterbacks. You're like, I gotta get my guy, I gotta get my quarterback. You know, fantasy baseball it might be the same with starting pitching, right? You know, or maybe it depends on how how you roll. But look, I think that's what happened in the NFL draft at the highest of levels. Uh, teams we you know Wilson and London they go 810 and then uh Saints were like we got to get our guy you know receivers are gonna be flying and then look what happens you get you have you pay up you you pay a premium to get wide receivers Olave gets pushed up to 10 or 11 I mean uh which not many or I don't think anyone really expected right we saw other guys like dots get pushed up and then you see you know guys like Kyle Hamilton go on a discount uh to the Ravens but I guess what were your thoughts on taking Olave at 11? I personally, you know, I like the aggressiveness of trading up and maybe getting that guy, but I thought this was this was a stretch here.
3: Jared. Um, I just think if Winston is an average quarterback this year, that's all he really needs to be. Obviously, uh, Michael Thomas is coming back. He missed all of last year. Um, and then with Olave, you get a two one-two punch there. Um so they have the weapons with, I mean, Kamara on offense, obviously running back. Um, they have weapons. So if, if Winston can just be average at, I mean, maybe a little above average, I think this team can make the playoffs. But with the roster with Winston, I don't see them going much further than that. Um, maybe they win, I mean, one playoff game at most. But I like the direction this team is headed. Obviously, you can't just recuperate that easily after Drew Brees left and now Sean Payton. So, I mean, I like the direction they're going, and this is a this is going to be a big step this year for this team.
2: I like the Olave, the Olave pick. I mean, I was surprised to see him go before Williams, Jameson Williams, but obviously, Saints, obviously liked him more and they went up and got their guy. I don't think he would have been there at 15 where they were. So I like the pick.
1: I like the pick as well for them. It's good to be aggressive in a situation like that. Um, Because, I mean, the Saints, they were a good team, not a great team. And, like, there's a lot of stuff they had to fix. Um, So, I think getting another receiver out there, a young receiver, to take some stress off of Michael Thomas could be a good thing because you never know how healthy he's going to be coming back. Um, You just need a quarterback to be consistent uh, throwing to those guys, like what Jared said. So, if Jameis Winston can just not throw Mallards to him and not just be a bum, I think that – that is a really good decision for them
0: yeah um i really wanted jameson williams as well so that's kind of my thought but like like zach said you know maybe he like he wasn't even gonna be there at 15 but um yeah you know you go up you get your guy and then you get trevor penning as well the alignment out of you and i um you know you you get another lineman right you can never you know getting alignment in the first round you can't go wrong i feel unless you know barring injury of course, and but. Look, I mean personally, I think I think the Saints had a solid solid draft, you know, it was nothing maybe like that, you know, opened everyone's eyes, right? I felt like some some teams, you know, look, the Jets had a draft like that, right? We talked to the Ravens. I think they had a great draft, but uh yeah, I mean not not the dra- great drafts here, but you know, it was a middle of the road draft I think for the Saints. I don't know what you guys all think. Agreement from everyone? Yes.
3: Yeah, yes? How about that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good, good. Okay. Yeah. So, with that, you know, talking about, right, if you take a guy like Chris Olave at pick 11, we got to talk about fantasy outlook, dynasty outlook. We got to go that far into it. Rookie draft outlook, of course, too, with those coming up. I guess, what what do you guys think for the status? I mean, I think Olave is a for sure probably first round pick in a rookie draft, but, I mean, looking through it, you know, would you guys want maybe take Olave ahead of those other guys or you guys feel, I, I mean, I'm still more comfortable with Wilson and London, I know. You know, even barring quarterback situations, but uh, what, what do you, how do you guys feel about Olave?
3: I think he'll be top five, it's, like you said. Yeah, I, I can mean, see him being top five too.
0: Yeah,
1: I can see him also it being a top five for that. Yeah,
0: good, good. So we have to talk, you know, Alvin Kamara, right? That's another, that's another big story. He's getting up, you know, almost to that age where we'll start seeing the decline. Usually that we say magic numbers 27, you know, I always hate to say. You know, make just say that number, and then boom, you're declining, right? But you know, he's at 26 right now. I believe he'll be turning 27. So uh it's an interesting look out for him, I guess. I mean, I know with Kamara, there's some other troubles going on. I guess. What do you guys think? You know, for Kamara next year, is that a guy you're staying away from? Because for probably for me, I'm going to be staying
3: away from. I mean, he's still a top 10 running back in football. Oh yeah, I think. yeah. So, but I mean, he's obviously going to be up in the top in the first round um of most drafts. So I mean. Like you like with uh, Jones and Dylan, I mean you're gonna probably want to stay away, maybe a little bit, take some better options. But if he's there at six, seven, eight, I mean you're probably you're gonna take him because so, he's still gonna get you those fantasy points. He's still not that old, like you said, twenty seven is like the cutoff. He's still under that, so I mean he's still got some years in him. But I mean, yeah, you could probably try to stay away from him, but you're not just gonna pass him up if it gets too late in the draft.
2: I think with the Taysom Hill uh, kind of experiment at quarterback being over, according to reports. And Winston Dalton coming in, I think Kamara is a pretty safe floor. I'd say he's probably going to go around that three to five range after, like, Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry are off the board. It's probably a couple guys, depending how you feel about everyone. Obviously, CMC, depending how much you factor in the injury risk. But I think he's still going to be very fantasy relevant and probably top five pick for sure.
3: I think
1: he's a pretty safe pick as well. I don't think he's going to go, you know, like, like in the top number of um, running backs, because again, like that personal s- situation that he has, we've seen how it can like kind of alter career paths, like with Sean Watson and stuff. Um, but I don't, one thing I have marked down is I have Kamara, Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston all in a bracket. And I said, who knows? Cause you really don't know what you're going to get this season because is Michael Thomas going to come back the same way? Um, is Jameis Winston gonna be able to like be that number one guy, be like a good threat? Because if those two guys aren't gonna like come back with their their prime is, that puts a lot of pressure on Kamara to be the load bear of the offense. And like what you said, Drew, he's not as young anymore, and what he does requires a lot of effort, mobility, um, electricity, and it's gonna drain him a lot. So I think it's pretty tricky to measure how one person's going to do if you don't know how all three are going to do.
3: Yeah, Bernie, I agree with that. It's kind of like the Titans situation with Derek Henry and Tannehill. It's like if Henry is going to be their workload, Tannehill, I mean, he's got to be, you know, still good. It depends on how he plays and it affects how Henry plays. So I, I, I think that's a good analysis. Yeah. Um, for me still, I mean, I'm
0: going to stand and still stay, you know, I, I still, I'm not, of course I won't pass him up. if something ridiculous happens, but look, it's battery court case right now, August 1st is the date. Right, you know, I'm like we're getting close to the season there, so we're not going to have a definitive, you know, answer what's going on in the situation of verdict here until you know August first potentially. Might not even be that date, so uh, there's still, I think, some concerns with him. I don't, I would just you know keep keep that in mind when you're drafting him. Right, I I know, you know, sometimes you're gonna do drafts before August first. I know I'm not really a fan I'm doing them really really early, but look, Alvin Kamara. You know, great when he's on the field, but there might be some. There could be a potential situation that bars him from being on the uh, being on the field. So I don't know what you guys. Anything else with the Kamara situation? But
3: no, I think you got it all.
0: You got to talk. You know, like like Bernie mentioned, Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston. There's some question marks. You know, there. But Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill. You know, tight end transition experiment. Titan, yeah. Not not really a transition. You know, he's been moving around everywhere. Right. But this might be intriguing. I wonder, I'm not sure what the fantasy qualifications are because I know they based them kind of off of last season, this past season. Right. So he might still have some eligibility at quarterback or potentially other positions, at least for DFS. So I don't know how that's going to look, but this is going to be intriguing, right? We're going to have to hear reports out of camp, see how it's going, see if that's actually going to be the way they roll. But because if they do, you know, what do you guys think the, you know, I'd even go to say, what, what do you think the ceiling is for Taysom Hill at tight end? Hmm. I'd
2: say his ceiling is probably about like a tight end seven or eight. I think the top, like you take five that. or six, I'd say top five or six tight ends are pretty locked in. So you have like those top guys, then you have kind of the next tier. But the one intriguing thing, I think if Hill does kind of, take a tight end role, I don't think he's gonna be completely out of backfield out of the backfield. I think he's still gonna be taking carries every once in a while. It might only be like three or four a game, but I think he's gonna be utilizing the red zone and still have those carries that are going to give him some extra points.
3: Now if we're able to use him as a quarterback in the tight end slot, obviously he's higher, but I don't um, I don't see him being as like Zach said, as big of a target as some of the tight ends out there. Um, but yeah, like I'd say probably top ten, maybe eight, nine at the highest. That's probably his ceiling for me. But he's not someone that I'm gonna go out and seek for in the draft. You
0: give him a discount, right? And he could be a tight end one potentially. I mean, that for your team. So that's that's a that's some good potential there, Bernie. What were you thinking?
1: I think again, like his ceiling isn't extremely high. Like for me, I'd almost like. Like fantasy wise, he's going to be a, a pretty good tight end because if you factor in, he's going to throw the ball every now and then. He's going to run the ball for a couple of yards. He's going to get receptions and stuff. And that's all going to accumulate over time. So I mean, with those numbers, he's going to be probably like a top eight, seven tight end. But to me, he is not like a top ten tight end, like a strict tight end in the NFL. Because I mean, he's not the biggest guy, and he's just he's got a little bit of everything but he's not like a kittle or even like Tunny, and he's tunnie's got size and speed um or Darren waller stuff like that so um I that's my opinion on it like fantasy wise he'll be top 7 most likely
2: Obviously, this all depends on what the fantasy websites classify him as but
0: we'll I wait and see it on it'll that yeah we'll 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 get we'll keep you guys updated on that we'll be talking you know of course more You know, we're going to be excited to do some weekly slates, you know, some DFS lineups, you know, some over-unders, of course, on sleeper. You know, always join our sleeper squad if you have not. But uh, talking, you know, wrap up here, you guys want to do our prediction challenge here for the New Orleans Saints. Let's do it. Awesome. So let's go. So here are your opponents for the 2022 to 2023 New Orleans Saints. So here it is at, at Arizona, at Atlanta, at Carolina, to play Collins Panthers, at Cleveland, Hosting Atlanta, hosting Carolina, hosting Tampa, hosting the Rams, hosting the Seahawks, hosting the Ravens, hosting the Bengals, going to Pittsburgh, going to San Francisco, going to Tampa Bay, hosting Vegas, hosting the Vikings, and then host or then going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. So, will Jared go first here?
3: Yeah, um, eleven and six, solid. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm calling a big season. Uh, Michael Thomas coming back. Winston's going to be as average as he has to be. Um, And I think they're going to sneak in as a, as a six seed or maybe a seven seed in the playoffs. Wow. So I'll Zach, you want to go?
2: I'll go 10 and seven. I think they do still take one from Tampa. I think they have, they have some other tough opponents there.
0: I'll go now. I will. Yeah. I'm matching ten and seven with Zach. Um, I was debating nine and eight, 10 and seven. Um, but again, I think, you know, I, I think if you have Winston back, I, I really like, you know, the squad's chances, 10 seven, you can still sneak in playoffs, of course, 10 seven, but, uh, Bernie, what do you think?
1: I originally had nine and eight and, um, I just kept thinking about it and I dropped it down to a six and 11, but I bumped it back up to seven and 10. I, they have a lot of really good competition, a lot of solid teams with like a lot of gel and they have teams like the Panthers Then they play, but, um, it it's going to be a gelling year for them. So I just don't
3: think it won't. I got to say seven and 10. Where do you think they go from here? Then if you think this year is a gelling year, do you think they change quarterbacks or what do you think they do?
1: I think this year's a gelling year for the sole fact that Michael Thomas is coming back and he really hasn't had time to play with Winston. Olave hasn't played with Winston Kamara. You don't really know. And then your defense is finally coming together with the secondary and stuff. So I think if this year goes well, if it goes better than what I think, I think the next year is going to be even better. So um, I think this year is just going to be something where they're trying to get it together and it might not all go right for them. So,
0: Very nice. Very nice. So that wraps up the, our standing predictions here. So we got a little bit of everything in that one. We have a, up to 11 wins or down to seven. So this is kind of a, a wider range that we've had for our record predictions. Uh, anyone have anything else here? Well, well, I mean, like forever. Bernie
3: said, like we said throughout the whole thing, it's all just about injury, how they're going to come back. So like how Michael Thomas comes back and like how Winston plays. So that's why it's a wide variety from the seven or to the 11. I mean, we never, we don't know, won't know until the season starts.
2: Yeah. And you never know with the new head coach.
0: So, yeah. Bernie, did you have someone?
1: I'd have to agree. I mean, I think almost every single team is like dependent upon injury or like the COVID um, list stuff like that um, if you can stay healthy and you can stick together as a team I think you have a lot of good potential for that year or the next year after that um, and any team can get rid of those injuries it can happen to everyone get it like you, last year for them uh, it was Jameis Winston towards ACL um, I think that just it's such a huge factor and it makes it so hard to make predictions um, especially with this year with how much the league is shaken up like if you go to the Raiders, you don't know if Devontae Adams is going to play well with Carr spicing it up with, you know, good tight end, good receiver. So maybe he'll get injured. You never know.
0: You never know. And that's the beauty of football. Right. So anyone, anything else here on this episode, episode 22 of Journey to Million? Nope. Awesome. After, so- the
1: draft, after the draft, who is your guys' NFL Super Bowl champion favorite?
2: Chargers. Hmm.
3: I still got to go with the Bills. Bills oh, or Packers? I for forgot me. about the Bills.
0: Bills <laughs> or Packers?
3: Yeah.
2: I think I think it's it's gonna be someone from the AFC. It's got to be with house. I mean,
3: Colts. Colts I are agree. a sleeper pick, but you never know. Jared Colts are like barely <laughs> gonna win their
0: division. Are Colts <laughs> even gonna win their division? Sure. Without AJ Brown,
2: yeah, yeah, I got. They're
1: gonna be the Titans. Yeah. I think uh, the winners coming out of the AFC West. Um, AFC and West from West. that, I don't think the Raiders make the playoffs. I can see that. It's just me. I've been saying it's that. It's either gonna be Yeah. It's either gonna be the Broncos, the Chargers, or the Chiefs, in my
3: opinion. All three good teams, yeah.
0: You never know. Yeah. I AFC is looking, you know head and shoulders better than the NFC this year so far. Solely based on, you know, one off season changed that, right? And, you know, now Tom Brady coming back, you know, um, that certainly makes the NFC look a little better, right? But, oh, it's certainly changed a little bit here. So you know, I'm going to shout the socials here. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. That's where you'll find the Instagram final of our, our wonderful journey to million posts. Thank you, Zach, for making some nice rankings as well on there. Also, Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook. Jordan and drew the sports crew on YouTube as well. Twitter at JD SportsBud. check out our, our socials for a surprise announcement coming up. Hopefully if, hopefully it's out, if it's not out yet, just keeping it a lookout. We're really excited for, to be announcing some great things coming your way. And yeah, um, with that here. Thank you all yeah, for listening to you. Go ahead. Do free
2: your comment on those rankings. If you have any, uh, any, uh, of your own thoughts.
0: Yeah. So with that, Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.